so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. The gospel really takes a lot of pressure off in terms of our identity. Our identity is not in the job or the role. Our identity is in Christ. So you begin to say, okay, I'm going to place my confidence in that over here. So what this is, is an outworking of that. Everything I have is in what Christ has done for me. Hi, I'm Trillia Newbell, and I'm excited to announce our series, Better Together. The series captures our desire to partner together as men and women in the church and beyond to advance the kingdom with mutual support and care. Better Together will address a wide range of topics from sexual abuse, leadership, women in work, women's ministry, and so much more. Our goal is to inform and equip listeners on matters most important to women in the areas of church, home, and work. And I'm excited to have someone who understands SBC life on the line, Amy Whitfield. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications at Southeastern Seminary. Thank you so much, Amy. Hi, I'm glad to be here. It's good to talk to you today. Yeah. Well, we are going to just jump right in. You have been in places and positions where you are the first or maybe only woman. How has that been to navigate those spaces? Um, Well, it's been interesting. I'll say that. (laughs) Uh, And and it always depends on, you know, on each each space. Uh, I've done it in the seminary world or uh, I worked at uh, at Lifeway for a while where it was, le- I mean, there are a lot of women who are, are in that space. So it wasn't as much there, but I've done some other things in the, uh, the SBC world, c- uh, committees, different things. And you do sometimes walk in, you're the only woman. I think one thing that really affects that is being the only woman means maybe you haven't had the opportunity to network uh, in the way that a lot of other people in the room have. And so you walk into a room where a lot of people know each other mm, already and they yeah. don't necessarily know you. And so it, it's, it's a real, it's a real exercise in kind of standing back, looking around the room, searching for the person that I do know and going to get, you know, kind of connected with them and realizing that my hope is that at the end of this task or down the road in this job, people are going to know and realize who I am later. And I've just got to be patient. They're going to know my ideas. They're going to get to see my contribution. I can't worry about it on the front end. Uh, it's sort of my my job to let those things come out, and I, I you know have to kind of have some confidence and say, well, I'm here. I'm going to show up. I'm going to work, and hope that my work will speak for itself. Mm, that's good. So it's so it's a it's a real exercise in patience and really quieting you know anxiety things like that, and just saying the Lord will open the doors, let it come. I'm glad that you said let your work speak for itself. In some ways, 
you just get in there and you just get to work and right. and doing the work that you've been assigned to do. You're in that room for a reason. And, right. so, and so I think um, recognizing that is, is helpful. Some women, however, might shrink back in those environments. And what I'm talking about is predominantly male environments. Sure. How might you encourage women to use their voice and their gifting if they have been placed in a, a, such a position? Yeah, that really takes a little bit of strategic work. And I think you have to kind of prepare yourself on the front end for that. Um, And what I mean by that is to think through before you go into a situation, know why you're there. I've been brought in because of this particular skill or this area of expertise. I'm going to walk in. I'm not going to feel pressured to speak to everything. But when I have a moment or the conversation comes to something that I can contribute on, that's my moment to speak up and, and to not be afraid then, you know, to look for those openings and also to, to be a really developed reader of people. And that, that applies anywhere, whether you're in a a workplace or when you're dealing with uh, your children at home, you know, choosing when to approach certain subjects, things like that. Uh, That's just a great life skill and you really can employ it in those settings very well. But I think, I think looking for openings in a more proactive way becomes important. And then recognizing that once you find an opening, that's been an opportunity to, to put some thoughts out on the table. Then you build a body of work where people start to say, well, hey, what do you think? You know, and, and you take those opportunities as you can. But it, it takes a little bit of thought on the front end to say, okay, I'm going to go into this situation that's not as easy for me. So I need to mentally prepare myself for that. You know, there's a part of me that's I, I am going to just confess frustration <laughs> and that we have to have all those thoughts that that's right. such a yes. burden. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking, just go in and do your thing. But but yeah. we can't. There, well, we can, but there is this burden that sometimes women leaders may carry that maybe a man wouldn't even think of. And so as right. I'm, I'm listening to you, I'm thinking— Okay, so if I'm experiencing that frustration, how many other women are probably right. thinking, yeah. what? So how do we encourage that? So yeah. you hear that and you're, you're thinking, uh, that's just How do I do? Yeah. How do I, that shouldn't, you shouldn't be. Have to, you right. shouldn't have to. Right. So how do we well, encourage? And, <laughs> yeah. And I think some of it combines with the question before we're talking about letting your work speak for itself. Um, because I can say that on the front end, um, having some of that preparedness going in, recognizing the, the strategic thinking that's involved uh, made, it makes a difference because then my work does speak for itself. And then the more opportunities I have or the rooms I go into, I have to do that less and less. And that, I, in some sense, that may apply in other settings, particularly like if you have a younger person that's going into a room with a lot of experienced people because of the, the environment we're in, I think we find ourselves in that more uh, because we haven't had the access to some networks and things like that. But part of the encouragement is to say that when you do that, your confidence will build and people's confidence in you will build. And it, it, it's not, it, it doesn't have to just be this burden that you carry always and always and always, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So it could be some of that burden maybe is made up. I, and, and what I mean is, yes, you know what I'm saying? Like some of it could be, that no one in the room is thinking 
Right. Amy, this woman is in here. So this woman, she, she they may be thinking Amy, who is leading our communications team and marketing right. has these skills. And so we're going to use her, but we have attributed some of our own fear right. to, to yes. the situation. Yes. Um, and I, I think that's very possible. I think imposter syndrome is, it can be really strong in, uh, in women that we are always afraid that maybe we don't really belong somewhere. Um, and, and that actually sometimes takes some coaching up in my mind, you know, before I go into situations to say, that's not the question here. I've been asked to be here. And so just by virtue of that, I'm supposed to be there. So just show up and, and speak, show up and participate. And so I think that's a fight that we have to be willing to take on is that kind of fight in our own minds. No, I think that's so good. And I want to just stress, because I've said it, you've now said it, you're there for a reason. And so you can trust the Lord that you're you're there for a reason. And until he calls you somewhere else, you can step out in faith and exercise the gifts and your talents and whatever it is that he's given you, the task at hand, and do it in faith. And so how can, however, a woman lead where there doesn't seem to be areas to lead in, or at least no perceived areas to lead? And specifically, I'm talking about a woman who is gifted in leadership right, and, right. and has a desire to to lead in some way, but there doesn't seem to be a place. Yeah, that's a very, very good question. Um, and I've been in those seasons in life before. And I guess there are two things. One is realizing that uh, maybe when there aren't places or pathways for formal leadership, there are always opportunities for influence. And so remembering to kind of think in that category and say, okay, where, where in, you know, all the spheres that I, I touch, where are opportunities uh, to influence because using those opportunities can still kind of exercise those muscles of leadership development. And then uh, the other thing and this, I attribute this to Selma Wilson, who um, was uh, vice president at, at Lifeway Christian Resources for a long time and, and a real example to me. She did a lot of encouraging uh, for people to sort of own your own development is how she would say it. Um, and to recognize that even when you're not in moments of formal leadership or formal leadership development, you always have uh, the opportunity to pursue growth. And so I've been in uh, jobs before where I remember I was in, uh, I was in some jobs where there weren't really any opportunities at the moment for advancement or for leadership, but I was around a lot of leaders. So I started paying attention to what they were talking about, what books they were reading, what articles they were uh, discussing. And I would just listen and then I would read all of those things. And then I would even find opportunities, you know, at times to ask questions or to talk about them and to, to begin to just develop my voice, even when there wasn't a spot, you know, there wasn't necessarily a seat on the bus at that time. Um, I was going to pursue growth and getting that kind of encouragement from Selma and watching her, you know, seeing where she was at that point uh, was really huge for me. So I think that's, that's something that you can always be growing and developing, but then looking for, looking for your areas of influence. I mean, when I lived in a really small town in, in Southeast Virginia, so my husband was pastoring, my kids were small. I led a book club at the 
library in town that some of our women in the church were in. That was a really small area of influence, but I just took it seriously. You know, so even if you just find kind of small places to grow and develop. What I hear you saying is taking some step of some action. You don't have to wait. You can, right. and, and, unless God is calling you to a season of waiting and praying and evaluating, sure. you can take a step of faith. And there's, and, and there's so many different ways that you can lead, especially in the local church where it doesn't necessarily look like a title, but um, right. you can step out and lead a Bible study or lead a book club or, or whatever it might be. So how can someone who has maybe a gifting in in business or something beyond the local church, how might you encourage her? So she's working in a ministry or— Right. It, and she doesn't necessarily see a channel for women in, in leadership. And I know that for a lot of um, our entities, we are seeing more and more women being uh, elevated, I, I guess is the word, appointed to leadership right. roles. So so how do you encourage her? So we're going to go beyond the local church and think more of um, business or seminary or ministry. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing. And when you think about some of these uh, places, it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario. You know, you, you maybe there aren't a lot of pathways or avenues yet, but as people grow and develop and it begins to be valued more, then more things will open up. But we're also kind of, you know, waiting for some of those things to open up. So I think some of it is this strange, you know, in between that that we're navigating. But we have, you know, we have a lot of people at, at Southeastern, a lot of students, and I spend a lot of time talking to them that they're trying to figure out what to do. They are getting a degree. They don't know what's next. They're not sure what is out there. And and some of them are are wanting ministry positions, but some of them are just are are developing for for other things. They want to be on mission where they are, but they don't know what options there are. And you know, the, it's actually not an easy question to answer. I mean, right. some of it is really saying stay faithful to your calling and know that there are some some unknowns, keep growing and developing where you feel the Lord is leading you and be willing to sort of put yourself out there for a number of different things. You know, I advise a lot of, of, uh, graduates and students, you know, don't, don't be picky. Don't say, well, I want this very specific type of, of role. Be willing to network in a lot of different places, uh, consider a lot of different types of, uh, of work and opportunities and develop as you go. But some of it is really about being faithful. I don't know. That's a hard, that's a hard question to answer because we're in a bit of a strange time with that. We are in a strange time, but but it is encouraging to see that some avenues yeah. and, and are opening up and that there are doors that are are being open and women who are stepping out in faith in these areas. Yes. I'm thinking specifically about ministry, but we see it in the culture as well. And so yes. Where do you see men supporting women well in this area? Specifically, we're talking about in the area right. of leadership. In the area of leadership. I mean, so in, in our world, I'm seeing it. I have I, I got to do a shameless plug and say I, I see it where I am because I've been very encouraged 
Um, and I've been encouraged in a lot of the places where I have worked. I was encouraged uh, at Lifeway. And I got a lot of encouragement from people I worked with at Southern Seminary years ago as I developed in my role there. So, you know, here has been a wonderful place at Southeastern. And we have several women who are directors and associate deans and women joining the faculty. Um, and there is tremendous support on the part of uh, the male leadership here. And then also as they're encouraging uh, people out in the churches um, and and in the church, you know, you see it in some places like uh, City Church in Tallahassee uh, with Ashland Portero, with uh, Village Church in Texas is, you know, has a lot of wonderful things that they're doing for women on staff. So there are churches that are beginning to open doors. Uh, but I'm also seeing it in when you think culture at large, you know, for example, my children were in an elementary school here in Wake Forest with the most wonderful principal. And I realized at, at one point that my daughter was getting to see a great example of leadership in this uh, woman who was the principal in her school. So beginning to even see in sort of the broader culture, and and she was a, uh, a Christian woman who had gone into the public school system, was in administration, and, uh, and was using her gifts there. Uh, so there are places kind of outside of what we think of in local church ministry where people are, are able to pursue those pathways, and they're doing it with excellence. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just want to piggyback on that for a sec because representation does matter. And we hear yes. that we hear that a lot. But something I was speaking with Dr. Moore earlier today, and he was talking about how his hope for the future is that we see models, models of right. um, women who are using their gifts to the glory of the Lord in in leadership and in various ways to help equip other people in the church and so my daughter, who I am African-American female in a interracial marriage, and my daughter's principal is a African-American female. And I, too, found myself rejoicing a bit that my daughter yes. gets to see this model of a woman who I don't know anything about her faith. I'm not. We're not talking right. about that, but that she sees a woman who is able to lead and help educate young minds, it's, which is precious right, right. and so sweet. And so I, too, recognize the importance of, of this representation. And and so in some ways, and th this is going to make you feel uncomfortable, Amy, but you are a model for people to look and to see, to see, okay, this can be done in a faithful way, faithful to Scripture, faithful to right. the Lord in a way that's encouraging. The men on your team aren't afraid of you. <laughs> we, and yeah, 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 that we can work together. That it's okay. Yes, we that, can do that. That it's not <laughs> just okay, but that it's good. It's good. And mm -hmm. and so to see that um, is important, and which is one of the reasons that, why I wanted to have you on the podcast as a woman who is in leadership and is doing it well. And, and we can look to these models and because representation does matter. And so where do you see women excelling? You kind of named a few churches, the Village yeah. Church, the Tallahassee, Dean and Sarah's Church. And and so are there other places where you see women excelling? 
Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, we're we're having this conversation today, and so there are uh, women like you and Elizabeth Graham and and several others on staff at the ERLC, uh, as well as as Lifeway, some other places in terms of entities. One thing that I find interesting is that we're beginning to see women excelling in ministry work in a variety of roles. You know, when we talk about churches. We're not just seeing one or two places. We're seeing um, administration. You know, we're seeing people who have gifts of administration. We're seeing people who have gifts in, you know, leadership development. We're seeing people who are incredible just in certain areas. They're just really good at something. Mm-hmm. It's not a niche. It's not just a niche. Like this is where we place, you know, the the women, and that's it. There, there are more areas of giftedness that are being identified and found, oh, she is a, a huge asset here. Mm-hmm. Um, Faith Watley, I think, is a huge example of that. That's at Lifeway, but you know, she's over training and development, adult training and development, I think, is what she does um, now. She may have taken on some more things as well, but she's, she's one, and, and it's just because she's just very gifted at that. So I I like seeing that. I'm seeing a lot more women showing up in the communications world, um, both at the church level and at the ministry level. And that's very exciting. It feels less lonely at every, you know, meeting that I go to uh, because there's a lot of women who are are gifted in marketing and communications. Yeah, So, So that's been a development, I think, that is a really healthy one where— a variety of skills are coming to the table. Absolutely. And and we want to not miss this, that some of these, well, I actually most and all of them aren't necessarily out up front. So right. Faith Watley, for example, most people would not have a clue who she is, though she is upper, I don't know if she's a VP, but she is very high on the— she, Yeah, she— She's high on the org chart, yeah. At yeah, Lifeway. at Lifeway, Go and ahead. is directly is directly impacting resources that people have all the time. Whether it's uh, in you know materials that people are using or conferences they attend, uh, she's having a direct impact on making those things more excellent. Absolutely, know? absolutely. And, so, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you have a gift in leadership. It may be that the Lord isn't calling you to a massive platform or to a big right. stage, right. but to faithful work in such a way that is going to a train, equip, model for other people, but not necessarily be seen by many people. Right. And so I, right. I think that in our social media age, it can be a temptation to desire to be seen or 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 glory or so that's right we think that's the only place to make an impact yes and there there just clearly aren't and and clearly right. there are people who have caught that vision as well and who are doing that so i just wanted to encourage some because there there probably is someone who could would see okay that means that i need to be name your favorite leadership voice blah right. blah, blah blah and that is not the case not at all no. not at all Okay, so this podcast series is called Better Together. How can men and women partner well in this area of uh, equipping, training, helping women thrive in leadership? Yes, um, that's a a wonderful question, and I think it's it's one where I have to kind of give some real uh, credit to the team that I work with um, because they've just done this very well. Um, 
I think respect is a huge key, just the, the respect that we have for each other as believers and as workers. Um, and trust, I think ha- it becomes very important. And what I mean by that is that, you know, I have a real appreciation for the fact that the team that I am on in terms of my fellow directors, that we're in a division together, um, from day one, never uh, made me feel like uh, they didn't think I should be there. You know, they were immediately asked, they were immediately asking me all the questions um, or bringing me into all the discussions that you would do with, with the person in my position. So just not, they just didn't, they didn't treat me any differently in that. I was the director of communications and they needed to know this. And it, and it works both ways. If I make a mistake or if I forget something, they're going to come and talk to me about that. Uh, if they want my opinion on something or if they need me to be on a team, they're going to come and talk to me about that. You know, um, in every way, I was just treated in the same way that they treated each other. And they also, you know, one of the things that comes up a lot is that it's it's very difficult because I work on a team um, with my fellow directors that I'm the only female. Um, a lot of folks get uneasy about, will you miss opportunities because they're making decisions, you know, out on the golf course or, or whatever. Uh, and they are all so uh, good about they never make a decision that would involve me without me there in the, in the sense that if they're doing something um, or in a meeting and something comes up, they, they will say, let's wait until, uh, until Amy, until the meeting we have with Amy, or let's wait until this. Um, cause you know, they may have a, a chance to be together in a, a different time, but they don't make it about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also go out of their way to have, we, we just have a lot of meetings together. Environments are conducive. Uh, so there's nothing that would just cut me out of things. And, and I think that's, that is a huge thing and they've never acted like that's an inconvenience. So I think there's space that is made. Um, I do have, I have, uh, women and men on my team, uh, that, that I have a team of about six or seven that work for me and we have the same thing. I mean, they all work together. Well, we're just a team. We're trying to uh, achieve something. We want to show each other respect that you just show people, you know, you just show your coworkers, no matter who they are, And I think some of it is beginning, you know, to, you just focus on the goal. What are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? What is our mission? And we trust each other. We've been put together to, to do this. So I think, I think some of it is we can tend to overthink, um, how, how do we do this? Because we're men and women, we, let's just, we just get to work. I mean, that, that's, it's that simple. Just, just get to work. Yeah. Get to work. And it sounds like there is However, a building, a building of relationship and trust and and understanding and growing together as a team. And that would be on any team. And so, right. Yeah. And I think um, overthinking it hinders progress for lots of things. <laughs> and right. So, right. Well, this has been really helpful. Let's end on some gospel hope, because, again, in a on a podcast about leadership there is someone who's probably been discouraged. How would you encourage that woman in particular to be encouraged um, by the gospel? I think that the thing that can encourage me the most um, is uh, is that the gospel really takes a lot of pressure off in terms of our identity. Our identity is not in the the job or the role. Our identity is in Christ. So you begin to say, okay, I'm going to I'm going to place my confidence in that over here. So what this is, is an outworking of that. Um, so that means if I have a rough day um, or something doesn't go well, 
um, or I miss an opportunity, you know, that I had really wanted. That's not the end, you know, for, for me, uh, the, the, everything I have is in what Christ has done for me. You know, all my needs have been met. I mean, these are, it's the t- same thing that you bring to all the challenges in life. So I think that's huge. Also, I think for those of us, uh, specifically in ministry, but even, even in a different position, but you're just living missionally, you know, is to, to recognize that it also doesn't depend on all on us, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, so our ambition and drive, you know, really can be about joining God on his mission. Like we just, we know we're, we're joining in something that's already been promised. It will be accomplished. And there's such uh, relief in that. I mean, there's such peace that comes, comes from that and, and freedom. And obviously it takes kind of preaching it to yourself every day. Uh, but just waking up and recognizing that it's not all sitting on my shoulders, you know. No, that's helpful and so encouraging. And it brings hope to think, okay, God has a plan and He's going to see it, see it through. And we're so grateful for the gospel that Jesus would, that He died on a cross, bearing the wrath that we deserve, and that He's interceding right now. He rose, He's interceding right now for us for us. And and so thank you so much, Amy, for your leadership and for this time. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I've enjoyed the conversation thoroughly. You have been listening to the ERLC podcast. I'm Trillia Newbell, and we'll look forward to connecting with you next time.